Welcome back to the You Thought Podcast. I am your host, Wyatt. Today, we're going to do a one-hour breakdown of Peyton versus Tom Brady, especially the part where Tom split his pants. I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, we have some Paul Pierce madness, some rivalries, and even a couple of games, like some trivia later on. I'm going to bring in my other hosts, Jared, Bart, Aiden, and Lucas. And we're going to start off the show with a little bit of Paul Pierce madness. Um, on ESPN, he put together a top five list of the all-time players that did not include LeBron James. Instead, he listed Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, and Kobe Bryant. His argument is that these players helped build up their organization rather than, of course, what LeBron did is move on to big three. Bart, does Paul Pierce have a point? Let me answer your question with a question, and that is, is water dry? Uh, (laughs) In other words, no. Uh, Okay, so there's just there's a lot to unpack there. Like you said, madness. So first of all, magic, understandable as far as the helping build up your organization thing. But Kobe, if you've already got Kareem and Magic, first of all, how does that make sense? And that's not even mentoring people like George Mikan and Jerry West, you know, like legends from the old generation. I just don't see how you can say Kobe built up the Lakers any more than um, LeBron built up the Cavs. I mean, I know, I know he went on to the heat, like you said, but his name is forever going to be synonymous, and his name only, really, with the Cavaliers, he brought them out of the dumps while he was there. He made them totally relevant. He gave them their first championship ever. And Paul Pierce wants to say he didn't help up, help build, build up the organization, like, at all? I mean, come on now. Okay, but with all that being said, it doesn't even make sense to leave LeBron off if you just look at it from, like, a stats perspective only. I mean, okay, so consider it, looking at the people on this list only, LeBron has more points per game uh, over his career than everybody but MJ, more steals per game than everybody but MJ, more rebounds per game than everybody but Kareem and Bill. And Bill even is kind of, you know, kind of you don't want to count it because he was so long ago. <laughs> anyway, and then more assists per game than everybody but Magic. It's just absurd how well-rounded and dominant he's been and for how long. Um, and he's probably going to end up like near, near or at the top of every major statistical category in terms of totals by the time it's all said and done. And you want to tell me he's not top five? I think Paul Pierce was just trying to generate the hot take and get people talking. I pretty much totally agree with everything you said. Like, there's no way you can say LeBron didn't build up the Cavs. And if you're saying you're, like you said, if you're saying the main main argument is that they built up their franchise, you can't have three Lakers on the on the list. If you know, if that's your main argument, right? Um, it makes sense. It I think that argument works in basketball more than any other sport because uh, just of how many chances one player has to affect the game. You'd rather have one great player in basketball than, I don't know, three good players, where in other sports you'd rather have, like, the five good players rather than one great player. Um, And I think the MJ, like, gold standard of winning all your championships with one team has become, become like, a filter for the GOAT discussions, kind of, Mm. that we apply retroactively as well to, like, previous athletes. Like, even Kareem, like, won... He won his first championship with the Bucks. And played six seasons with them before he got traded to the Lakers. So, and he didn't win until they got Magic. So even that, the the that Kareem built up the Lakers. It's it's probably more Magic, you could say. But what what do you think, Wyatt? I think Paul Pierce has a personal vendetta against LeBron James. Who, by yeah. the way, they were doing a segment a while back, and they're like, "Who's LeBron James's greatest rival?" And Paul Pierce said, "Me." 
He listed himself <laughs> as his great as LeBron yeah. James' greatest rival, and now he puts a list out and he said LeBron James isn't a top five player of all time. He yeah. is crazy. He, he put <laughs> he, LeBron on his own list like two or three years ago. He, he just he doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. He he's like the he's he wants to be like a Charles Barkley, and I and I'm honestly like I'm sick of athlete analysts saying like oh my opinion's right because I played right and he's like oh I played against LeBron James and I played against Kobe Bryant and I can tell that there's a difference but I mean LeBron James is far better than at least four of the five players that are on this list or I mean maybe three you could probably put Kareem up there as, as a better player than LeBron but this doesn't have this doesn't make any sense to me and even if it, there were rules to this top list, LeBron James has own personal stats of well overcome that. There's no, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He's just throwing out hot takes to get hot take reactions, you know? Because yeah. he also said once that he was better than Dwayne Wade was, which is more of an argument, <laughs> but I don't, I wouldn't yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I'd yeah. have to look at the numbers for that. I don't really have an opinion on that right now, but. I think, but I I think like if LeBron, I've heard people say this. If LeBron wins a title with the Lakers, it's pretty hard to ignore that you win you won a championship with three teams, you know. Yeah. Like, that's, <clears throat> I mean, people are celebrating Kawhi for the fact that he won one in San Antonio and he won one in Toronto, and they're excited about the opportunity of him winning one in L.A. for the Clippers, and they're talking about his greatness that way. But when it applies to LeBron James, it's it's different. It <laughs> it, it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah, people just love making exceptions for <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Paul Pierce is crazy. Yep. Um anyway, after that topic, we're going to transition over to the greatest sports rivalries. This is in honor of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady facing off in the golf tournament, the match, which was the golf tournament to end all golf tournaments, of course. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so let's let's take a look at some of the other greatest rivalries in sports history. Lucas, what do you think is the greatest? Um, I'm trying to take this impartially, but I'm going to say I think Red Sox Yankees is the greatest rivalry in all sports. They, speaking as a Yankees fan, too, just to preface all this, I don't think there are any two teams in all of sports that hate each other more, and it has like the perfect origin story for a rivalry with like the Red Sox trading Babe Ruth to the Yankees and sacrificing like all future championships and the Yankees just taking over from them. The fans deeply hate each other. Um, honestly, probably with good reason. Cause even as a Yankees fan, they're both sides have pretty insufferable fans. <laughs> and I know Jared's a Red Sox fan. So, um, and you have like lots of iconic moments. Like I obviously was born in 1997, so I don't remember a lot of them, but I remember being six and seeing Pedro Martinez chuck down old man, Dom Zimmer and like the fight. <laughs> um, yeah. Even though it hurts, like, the 2004 ALCS where the Red Sox came back from 3-0 down to beat the Yankees is, like, an all-time iconic baseball moment. Um, And in the recent years, you've sort of had them trade places historically where the Yankees have almost become sort of the little brother team where the Red Sox are winning championships and championships and the Yankees are the ones sort of fighting back. And I think that just adds, like, another new dynamic to it. So I think Yankees-Red Sox, maybe... I also toyed around with the idea of Ohio State, Michigan, or Auburn, Alabama in college football, just because those are so like deeply seated as well. But I think it has to be Red Sox, Yankees when it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, Lucas. And I say that as a more impartial party, uh, <laughs> given that I'm not a Yankees or Red Sox fan. I'm, I'm not that insufferable. 
Uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, no, I, I totally agree with the, the lore surrounding it. Just can't be beat for me by any other rivalry. The the curse of the Bambino, you know, the Red Sox trading away Babe Ruth and then not winning a World Series for like 85 or something years. And then mm-hmm. to come back to like have their redemption in 2004 coming back from a 3 0 deficit. So many iconic moments. Yeah, ripped on Zimmer. Um, a Rod slapping the ball out of like Bronson yeah. Arroyo's hand going uh-huh. down the, yeah. the first baseline. Kurt Schilling's bloody sock game. Like so many like iconic moments between those two. Um, just since I've been alive, even. Yeah, I toyed around with some other ones like like Lakers Celtics, but that that feels like it's cooled off in in recent years to an extent. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the Yankees and Red Sox will always absolutely despise each other. And, you know, that's that's the goal in a good rivalry, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing that makes it. Like one of the best rivalries too is that it feels like sustained. Like it, like it never relents. You never have like down years, and even if they're not great, like they always still hate each other. Whereas Lakers Celtics, which I also tweet around and consider too, they only play each other when they're both really good in the finals normally. And when that happens, when it happened in the eighties, when it happened in the late two thousands, it was like a great rivalry. But you just don't consistently get them. But the Yankees and the Red Sox are in the same division, play each other tons of times every year, so it never sort of dies out. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I was I was also tempted as a Red Sox fan to go with that, but I figured somebody would mention it too, so I wanted to try to come up with something different. But I went with one that was still pretty obvious. I went with the Iron Bowl. I can and I kind of based it off of just like pure entertainment value. I think this is the only like non Notre Dame game on the schedule that I would watch over a Notre Dame game, like without even knowing like their records beforehand. I might just tune yeah. into that game. Um, I, I, I for me it's it's easier to get into college rivalries than pro team rivalries because I have I have an easier time comprehending loyalty to a school than like a city. Mm. Just that's just kind of like a personal preference. Mm. Um, but the Iron Bowl never ceases to disappoint in terms of entertainment value. <laughs> Obviously, last year's was a good game. The kick six uh, in the nineteen seventy two Iron Bowl, Auburn blocked two consecutive punts <laughs> in the fourth quarter. To win seventeen to sixteen, which is also just ridiculous. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's it's also really old rivalry. Rivalry eighteen ninety three was their first meeting. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just going with that one, uh, the Iron Bowl on pure entertainment value. But um, I l- obviously love the Red Sox Yankees rivalry as yeah. well. Yeah, I agree with you that I feel like college rivalries like there's like an added like venom and like you know like passion mm-hmm. for them that I, I feel like most uh like major league rivalries not sure in like all cases but yeah, um, yeah. it's yeah. one of the things that makes me sad about being a notre dame fan is that i don't feel like mm-hmm. notre dame is any other team's biggest rival yeah, yeah. so i don't feel like you have so like like michigan has ohio state and yeah. usc as ucla and yeah so yeah Right, like we have our own list, but like their list, like their list. It doesn't. Like it doesn't different. match up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. rivalries kind of need to be mutual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I did read yeah, a stat yeah. though. I, I don't remember what that when this article was published. It's from the Bleach Report that the Notre Dame USC rivalry has produced the most draft picks of any rivalry. I I didn't know when that was published, but it, the number was like a crazy number. Yeah. So. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Let's go respect yay us um but anyway moving on to our next uh section we're we're gonna do fill in the blank which we've done a couple times before where we have some sentence with a blank in it and we each gotta gotta fill it in with what we think belongs there so starting out uh lucas 
blank will be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints in 2021? I'm going to go with Drew Brees. I think the man is timeless. I think he has at least (laughs) one more year in him after this year. Second place, I'd go Jameis. I think over Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is, I don't think, like a good quarterback. I think he's a novelty. He kind of screams <laughs> Tim Tebow to me, like if he got like more consistent game time. Like, I think he's very good in the situations he's put in, but I don't think he's going to lead a team. Like you see Teddy Bridgewater last year has played over yeah. Taysom Hill. So I think Drew Brees, I think he's got maybe one more year after this year left in him to start. And then after that, a good Jameis and Taysom Hill. Aiden, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Jameis 2020 vision. Winston uh, will be the starting quarterback <laughs> in 2021. Um, I think I think Drew Brees will be will have taken the the Monday Night Football money by then. Uh, but we'll see. I could I could see him like continuing to last it out. But but I think he's being offered 25 million a year by ESPN. So that's oh my god, <laughs> it's absurd um, for someone who's never you know done it before uh you know he's i don't know if he's as good as tony romo that's gonna be a tough thing to live up to uh but yeah i I think it's possible that Jameis will look good this season or it will look like you know a little more mature uh since this seems like it's been a reality check but plus of course the the eye surgery um but uh i think i think he's more likely than Taysom to take over i'm not sold on Taysom. i'm not sure if anyone is besides sean payton um but uh, like i'm not in terms of being a passer i'm not sold on him uh, in terms of dual threat, he's obviously talented, but he hasn't shown enough so far in the NFL to, to prove he's a NFL-ready passer. But moving on to our next one, we've got blank is the next former player I would like to see in the broadcasting booth. Jared, your thoughts? So my answer is like fair, super obvious. I, it's Peyton Manning is the next former player I, I'd want to see in the booth. <laughs> The match just, I already thought that before the match, but the match just showed how charismatic and funny he is on camera, especially when you compared him to the other athletes he was. He just had like, the zingers came much, much more easier or much easier for him. And like, um, obviously with all the commercials he used to do and stuff, like he just has more charisma, like compared to like a Tom Brady or like even like an Aaron Rodgers, who's a little more aloof. Um, So I'd go with Peyton for sure. Wyatt, what do you think? Jared, I dug a little bit deeper on mine than you did on yours. I think the obvious answer was Peyton Manning, but I went with a uh, I went with a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think is also just along the, the same lines as Peyton Manning. I don't think he's maybe like he's not like the superstar that Peyton Manning was, so we don't watch him as much. But I think he's just as funny, and he's pretty quick. If you if you watch his um like his post game conferences and stuff like that, they're always really funny. He's always pretty quick. I can see him doing it, and I can see him doing it really well. Um, and he's also a quarterback, which seems to be like the hot item for. I tried to pick a play that was not a quarterback, but I could not think of one that we get in front of as much that like has the personality to, to be, a broadcaster. You know. Yeah, you have to be really. You have to be smart too. You have to be adding something instead of just saying like I mean I don't want to pick on Booger, but like. Non quarterbacks don't really, they just don't have the same kind of analysis, you know, that quarterbacks do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for or some big Fitzpa- words with uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the booth. He got like what, like a 48 on the wonder. Oh, did he get a perfect score on the wonder look? 
He might have. He went oh. to Harvard, which yeah, is exactly. like, you know. he's, yeah, he's he's brilliant. So I'm looking for some yeah, some intellectual takes. Uh, <laughs> Honorable mention though is uh, Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he's he's a pretty lovable guy. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know. I don't know anything. He's a left him, tackle. So. <laughs> so, yeah. He was a left tackle before, but. Uh, Lucas, the 2015 Golden State Warriors, the one that went 73 and nine, rank number blank as an all-time great team. I didn't even assign a number to them because I think they're outside the top ten and don't even deserve an oh, exact wow. number. Uh, they didn't want a title, and I think that's a lot of what it comes down to. Um, I mean, any team can go. Well, not anything to those 73 and 9 because they're the only ones to ever have done it. That being said, um, a regular season um, is a lot different than a postseason. I think to be a like a truly all-time great team, they would have needed to have won a title. And yes, they came so close. They were up 3-1 on LeBron and the Cavs, but they didn't get it done. And I also don't think you can be considered an all-time great team if your first move in the offseason right after is to add a superstar to help you win. Like, I feel like a team... That's truly in the top ten, or like deserving of a big ranking as one of the best teams ever. Wouldn't need to add Kevin Durant to sort of elevate themselves. So, I mean, great regular season team. Clearly, that core won a lot of titles and it's a lot of great players. But I don't think you can put the seventy three and nine Warriors in the top ten teams of all time. Jared, what do you think? I disagree. I put them as the sixth sixth best team. I, I mean, I everybody would agree they're the best to never win a title. I, I pretty much would say. Um, so I, I, I mean, I had a tough time putting a lot of teams in front of them, but my criteria was that the team obviously had to have won the title. They had to have the best record in the league that year um, because teams are built to win for a full season, not just one game. It's kind of how I interpreted it. Mm. Um, they had to have like a dominant trio. If they had a dominant duo, I didn't put them in front because I think that the, the roster is just like so stacked on that, that Warriors team. Um, they had to have a good playoff record. Um, so the teams that I put ahead of them real quick were the, the 95 and 96 Bulls, um, the 71 to 72 Lakers, which was Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West, um, the 96 to 97 Bulls, the KD Warriors of, of the, the 26 to 17, 2016 <laughs> to 17 Warriors, and then the 85 and 86 Celtics, which had Larry Bird, Robert Parrish and Kevin, mm. Kevin McHale. And Bill Walton, who was the sixth man of the year that year. Um, so all those teams basically fit all my criteria. So that's why I put them in front. And, and I think like if you put the Warriors in a series against the teams below those, they would beat them. So that's why I put them ahead. Um, anyway, moving on. I'm going to start with you, Aiden. Fill in the blank. Ja Morant <laughs> is blank for saying he deserves rookie of the year. John Morant is absolutely correct as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Um, Zion at this point, like he was on pace to play like half of the games in the season if he stayed healthy, but currently he's played a third of the NBA games this season. Uh, it doesn't look like he'll have a chance to play more like regular season games. Uh, so I, I think it's hard to make a case for Zion in that case. And Ja was as good as advertised. He was a serious, efficient playmaker uh, on a team that was lacking in having a lot of other weapons. Um, and a quick moment of reflection on how good the Grizzlies draft was last year. They got John Morant, uh, and who's going to be the cornerstone heading forward. And then Brandon Clark, who has also been one of the best rookies this year. He was the 21st pick. He's averaging 12 points a game and only 21 minutes a game. 
uh, it'll be interesting to watch that duo kind of going forward. But Lucas, what do you think? Took the words right out of my mouth, Aiden. I think yeah. he's absolutely correct. I don't, like you said before, I don't see how you could really give it to Zion. He's only played 19 games this year. And I, I just can't see a scenario in which you give like the best player in a certain category for a year um, to somebody who only played 19 games. Um, obviously, he could add more. But um, yeah, like you said, Jaw's been a cornerstone there. He's been excellent. 17 points, almost seven assists. I just can't see who else you'd really even give it to. Maybe Kendrick Nunn, but he's behind in every statistical category. He plays on a better team, and Jaw took that team from one of the worst teams in the NBA to in a low playoff spot. So while it's not like a complete turnaround, I think he's been excellent this year and is absolutely deserving of the award. But... Moving on, we're going to talk about a little soccer, so or more specifically, some soccer fans. So, Bart, <laughs> Borussia Mönchengladbach is blank for using cardboard cutouts of their fans for their first home game. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach is genius for using cardboard cutouts of fans for their first home <laughs> game. I love it um, for a few reasons. So, I mean, first of all, I think it's just like a cool way to keep fans involved because fans had to go out and actually like order them um i think it's great i don't actually know because I, I don't play professional soccer but i imagine it was like <laughs> nice for the players to be able to see something in the stands and and not just empty seats and most importantly i think it's great because like the money either is going to charity or they're using it to to pay their own like employees who have been struggling through the whole COVID thing so it seems like a triple win a win 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 yeah. um so yeah oh. I, I love it i love it um aiden what do you think <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna use the word brilliant uh to describe the, the strategy i would be a huge fan if they were just like random cardboard cutouts uh then it'd be like a, a madden like 2006 game or something like that <laughs> <laughs> it'd, it'd be like pretty eerie i'm just picturing like thousands of cardboard cutouts like swaying a little in the wind in a silent stadium <laughs> that's like that's pretty bleak but yeah it 100 involves the fans uh i love the the uh, fact that season ticket holders are like put in their like actual seat like their cardboard cutout which is funny uh and like they're making money off of it and using the money for for good here uh, and also, just as a marketing ploy, I am much more likely to watch a, a Gladbach game now than I was previously, just out of sheer curiosity. Um, so all said, great business move, even if they did lose their, their first game in front of this uh, this new crowd. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> moving into our next one, we got a team would be blank if they pumped noise into the stadiums. Jared, what do you think? I All right, I... I said a team would be thriftless if they pumped noise into the stadiums because they're spending money extravagantly because they're going to be fined if they do that. Uh, it's obviously against the rules in the NFL. We know that. I, I don't know if – I didn't really look if the MLB or NBA have rules against this, but I'm sure they do. Um, I, I just don't – I think if it's okay if the broadcast does it, but I don't think uh, stadiums need to do it. Um, just, like, don't invalidate the season even – any in any other way by like putting in new obstacles you know i so i just think they shouldn't be doing the noise and they'll probably get fined if they do it anyway why what about you i went the opposite end and i said they would be justified if they pumped noise into the stadium <laughs> i can't imagine definitely as a viewer watching a game without any stadium noise without hearing the people react and all that but i mean as a player to just play in a completely silent stadium 
would be really jarring to me if I were out there. Uh, I think that uh, it would just, it's just, it's, everyone's so excited about the sights and sounds of NFL and NBA games. And we get them mic'd up and we get like a true, you know, verbal idea of what, like what the game is going, like what they're saying to each other. But I think we all, we can all agree that the crowd noise and the cheering and like the booing and stuff like that kind of makes a game a lot better, especially when your team's doing well. Agreed. But that, that doesn't mean the broadcast can't do it. I just can't imagine being a player going out there and having having it be silent, you know. I mean, they, they did that and you do that in high school at your pre- and you know, your scrimmages, maybe even your real games there's nobody there like the, and they're, they're, competitors. Yeah. they're competitors, I think. They're different. fine. They don't need the crowd noise. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Um so we're going to go Bart. Blank is the biggest winner of the MJ documentary. So, in my opinion, it's it's got to be your boy, John Michael Wozniak. Um, rest in peace. <laughs> he, he passed away in January. I don't know if you don't know who that is. That was... that was <laughs> Okay. I thought people knew this. This, this was his bodyguard who had the, who had the hair, and he, oh, he competed with the, gotcha. the coin flip okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just... Um, like, the hair, the mustache, the, the overall mm-hmm. swagger. I think, like, I think I speak... I guess you guys just... Proved my point. I don't think really anybody even knew this guy existed before the documentary, but afterwards, I think like everybody's just enamored with him and, and, and loved him and loved his vibe. So for me, uh, that's my pick. Uh, what about you, Wyatt? I went with Dennis Rodman, who felt like the biggest <laughs> winner of the MJ documentary because everything everything that they showed in the documentary was just Dennis Rodman doing whatever he wanted to, and nobody could tell him otherwise. He he during a finals went. To, he just decided that he was just going to go do WWE. And then he came back and played another game. How crazy. I mean, he just, he was anywhere and everywhere. Nobody really said a thing. Even Michael Jordan couldn't really like tie Dennis Rodman down and he never got seriously punished for it. So I I think that he's clearly the winner of the documentary. And I actually, I like Dennis Rodman a little bit more now because of it. Yeah. Agreed. I, I've always been a huge Dennis Rodman fan outside of the North Korea thing, which I realize is a pretty big thing. <laughs> they, they're going to need to subtract, but I think that's a good take. Uh, so next up, we've done some uh, best and worst top threes in the past. And this week we're going to be bringing it back. Uh, it'll be a two-week segment in which this week we look at our top three worst sporting experiences and next week, making sure you tune in for all that, we'll be doing our top three best sporting experiences. So why why don't you start us off? What is your number three worst sporting experience? So number three on my list for my worst sporting experience, and that's not necessarily just specific to me, but I picked waiting in the line to use the bathroom, especially when you catch it like in a break, you're going like a halftime or something like that. Uh, waiting in line to use the bathroom sucks. You always have to go to the bathroom really bad too. It's like it just kind of makes it worse. And you're sitting there, you're staring, and you're looking, and it looks like everything's open. You can't tell if people are in stalls. You can't tell how many spots you can line up on the urinals. It's it's a mess, and it makes it worse having to go to the bathroom. I mean, going to the bathroom, I don't know. It's not it's not really that much different than the airport, I think. But it's probably. I mean, I don't know. There was far less of a line at the airport, though. (laughs) Yeah, the the airport bathrooms are cleaner though usually um anyway worst number three my third worst is uh, a, a nearby fan shouting profanities 
like really obnoxiously. Um, I think all my worst ones relate to a person like next to you doing something weird or doing something that interferes. And for me, that's just caring a little bit too much about the sport and not having enough self-awareness. And it, it makes me uncomfortable when, depending on what they're saying, it could make me pretty uncomfortable. Um, and I don't know if I, I don't always, honestly, mostly don't have the courage to tell someone to stop unless I have like a mob of people behind me that will support me. So yeah, that's, that's number three for my worst. Jared, Jared have you ever shushed somebody at a movie theater before? I've been, uh, Every time, yeah. it depends. No, it depends on, I think I have, it depends on how many people are in the movie theater. Cause one, the last movie I saw in a theater, um, it was me and like one other group of people that were talking a lot and I didn't want to shush them because they would just know it was me and they might make it even a bigger issue. So I was like, <laughs> whatever. So it depends on how big the, how crowded the movie no theater spine. is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, speaking of uh, people, yeah. Speaking of people like cussing people out, I've seen Jared at movie theaters, kids movies in particular, <laughs> just cussing out people who are talking. He's, he's ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> really? yeah. Um, so for my number three worst, um, for all my worst, I did a general principle and then used an example from Notre Dame to justify it <laughs> because uh, a lot of my worst experiences relate to Notre Dame and my best. Um, but my number three was a blowout in what was supposed to be a really good game. I think it's just yeah. like so demoralizing. Um, I think specifically of 2017 when Notre Dame played Miami and like both were in the top 10. It was like the return of Catholics versus convicts and then Notre Dame got smoked 41 to 8. Yeah. And it was just like demoralizing. I was in Ireland and I'd like stay up to like 2 a.m. to watch the game and then just went to bed sad at like 5 a.m. after seeing them just getting like shell shocked. And I think that general idea of like a blowout in a game that was supposed to be really good is unsatisfying because you get yourself all hyped up for it and then it just doesn't pan out at all yeah that's that's totally fair um my third worst uh experience uh this might be a bit of a hot take is just experiencing dynasties in any sport uh i guess specifically <laughs> when it's when it's not your team that would be the one because like my my basically my two my two um examples for this are the patriots and the warriors dynasty i just hate it it gets boring it just it gets so predictable it's not really even fun to like watch them play because you know they're good you know they're probably gonna win it's just like ah, eh, let's see some variety so i really like having parody and and i strongly strongly just like having to endure dynasties over you know a large number of years Makes sense as a Minnesota sports fan. <laughs> you know what, man? <laughs> you know what? That's that's not the end of my of my discussion of Minnesota sports here. So take his life. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um, for my my number three worst, I'm going with rain delays. I, I specifically associate with, oh, this with baseball. Um, because yeah. like other sports are like you know like tough enough to like fight through it, where they're just <laughs> indoors, which is nice. Um, but I've sat through so many April rain delays at Mets games. Uh, where it's like 40 degrees and it's like oh like it might start within the next like two hours or three hours <laughs> and then you know as soon as you exit the stadium you know you turn on the radio they're like oh we're gonna start in 15 minutes and you're like <laughs> um so I, i've had i've had bad rain delay experiences uh and that's that's my number three <laughs> that's a good one uh so my number two worst is being surrounded by opposing fans I once went to a New York Giants game in New York, and it, it was against the Seattle Seahawks, and I somehow managed to sit around every single Seahawks fan in the entire stadium. 
they were like all around me. I, I, I'm a huge Giants fan. Bought a ticket, flew to New York, went and watched the game right in the middle of every Seahawks fan. And I just had to sit there and just watch my team get our butts handed to us. And all everyone else around me is having a great time. And I just got to be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is great. Flew all the way here for this. So, yeah, it was a, it was a rough experience for me, to say the least. I I think it's kind, it can be kind of fun though. If it's a Jared, blowout, I was usually, losing. It's if not it's that a blowout fun. though, if it's a blowout though, the opposing fans like are like pretty nice to you actually. If it's a close game, it's a different story. But like usually, it's like kind of friendly jeering, which I don't mind. You know. Anyway, my number two is um, <clears throat> someone standing in front of you, uh, or someone either standing or having a big sign in front mm. of you. Um, this happened to me when college game day came to Notre Dame. I think Lucas was with me as well, actually. I was this there. Guy, it was fun. Yeah, this guy had this huge sign in front of us, so we just couldn't see any, really anything. And, like, that's the point is you're trying to get your sign, and, like, if someone's standing, it might be kind of rude to, like, tell them not to. But And, like, I stand at football games all the time, but that's because people behind me are too. So, um, But I'm going to put that one as number two for mine. Mm. Yeah. What was, the, what was the sign? Did he ever get on TV? I don't know. It wasn't that good. I don't mm. think because I, I don't remember. <laughs> there, were the, there, there were the people I remember that like printed out the apocalypse like banners. Do you remember this? That it's like the end times are near and had like a Bible verse on it and like we're just like holding it up in the background. Like they were just like walking around the back of game day. Do you remember this? No, I don't. It was wild. Like <laughs> that's like one of my enduring images of game day too. But. <laughs> In any case, uh, my number two worst uh, sport experience is a comeback that falls just short because you feel like you're gaining mm-hmm. momentum and gaining momentum and gaining momentum, and then it all just crashes down. Yeah. Uh, my example for this was Notre Dame versus Clemson in 2015, which was not only a comeback that just fell short, but one that almost certainly should have been completed. But Notre Dame had to fumble the ball three times in like the last five minutes of the game. And even with that, they were only a two-point conversion away from tying it up. And they yeah. still couldn't do it. And so I think it's just like so unsatisfying because like in a comeback inherently, you're down by a bunch. So you're already out of it. And then you get like that brief glimmer of hope of the comeback. And then you get closer and closer. And all that hope is just crushed again. So just ridiculously frustrating, I think. Yeah, I feel like Notre Dame has had like a unusually high number of <laughs> games like that. <laughs> Anyways, for my number two, Lucas, you read my mind. My number two, it's it's simple, it's predictable. It is simply being a Timberwolves fan. Um, <laughs> it's just absolutely awful. This franchise never goes anywhere. Um, as a fan, I always just like I, I grow more and more apathetic about the team every season. And yet, there's always something that brings you back, you know, because you want to be optimistic. And you want to come back and feel excited. And then you just get crushed again, so it's fine. Anyways, that's, that's me. Being a Timberwolves fan is just terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, mine's pretty similar, Bart. Um, I'm, in general, when a team collapses after like a promising start, but this is very specifically pointed towards the Mets. Lucas mentioned the, the fact of like when, when it, you think a, a comeback's going to happen, it's like you, you got your hope up. Um, whereas in this one, you have, you've had your hope up from the beginning of the season through the middle of the season. And by the end, you're like, okay, the playoffs are coming. And then they absolutely bomb it in the last month and don't make the playoffs. And I'm not, you know, maybe I'm talking about the Mets collapse in 2007 when they lost 12 of their last 17 games and blew a seven game lead, uh, in the division, uh, and missed the playoffs. 
maybe um, <laughs> I might I might still be hurt by that uh, but it's something that you've taken for granted at that point that you're gonna get to you know continue on into the postseason and it it never came the 2007 postseason never came uh, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is therapy this is some group therapy we just exactly. gotta get it out of our system <laughs> <clears throat> So I say number my number one worst experience uh, at a stadium or anywhere, especially especially as a stadium is spilling something at yourself. So like when you go to a game, and you like you're eating something and you get a stain in your shirt, and now you got to sit there the rest of the game with a stain on your shirt, and you're like everyone's looking at the stain. You can't even focus on the game anymore. So spilling and you can't like if you're at home and you you spill yourself, you of course you just go change. You're out and about. You just got to sit there and deal with it. So. It's the number one thing. It's my biggest fear. It's kind of part of the reason why I don't always eat when I go to the stadium. I eat before. Mm. Mm. I mean, it'll dry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> my, my my number one worst is your friend getting too drunk and you have to, so you have to literally leave the game. Um, <laughs> am I speaking from experience? <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. No, we, um, <laughs> too soon. If if the person listening to this, you'll know who you are for listening. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that that this one. If if it was just like, especially if it was just you and one other friend, and you had to, and you like literally just have to leave the game. You can't even stay there for the game. And if it's like a really, what if it was a really big game? That one's gonna be the top of my list. So, Lucas, what about a you? Fair one. My fair, my worst one is. Having everyone in the national media and Twitter be exactly right about how t- bad your team is. Oh and I, feel like this <laughs> I feel like this happens to Notre Dame every single time they make like the playoffs or the championship, like 2012. Everybody's like, they're going to get smacked by Alabama. And 15-year-old me was like, no, they're not. They're going to win the national championship. And then I went to bed crying that night. Um, and then in 2018, when we made the playoffs again, and I like, Bought my Cotton Bowl ticket, and I'm like, this is great. We're going to beat Clemson and go to the championship. And then they got smacked again. And it's just, like, the most disheartening feeling because, like, you want to prove everybody wrong. Like, no, my team isn't that bad. And then they just prove everybody exactly right. It's just, like, so disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, a lot of a lot of Notre Dame grief today. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, My number one worst experience is simply watching golf. That's it. Uh, it's 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 always been my opinion that it's the most boring sport to watch. It's simply painful. And let me just say that the people who go in person to watch golf, I just think they're crazy. It just makes <laughs> on TV Psychotic. you can like kind of swing it, no pun intended. But I mean, just come on. I mean, it's just hours of of just staring. Yeah. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's my. <number. laughs> Um, for my number one, uh, I'm going with uh, going to a sporting event with someone who doesn't want to be at said sporting event. Uh, yeah. And I speak from uh, experience of my family went to to one. My whole family would go to one Mets game per year, uh, and it was Build a Bear Day because obviously, <laughs> what, what other day of the year would would you go on? Um, they gave out you know full size Build a Bear teddy bears and little houses. It was it was pretty lit. Um, not gonna lie, would recommend. But um, once you know you got said Build-A-Bear, all of the sisters were out. They were done. Um, was, you know, it's like the third inning. We're like, like, is it, like, how much is left? And I'm like, it's, <laughs> we are not close friends. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a while. Um, so when you combine that, especially with the, the rain delay section mentioned earlier, ooh, bad combo. 
uh, would not recommend. Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, go with people who, who care about the sports and, mm. and not about the bear. You can care about both, but, you know. Aiden, how many Build-A-Bears does your family have if you and all your sisters went every year? I don't know where they went. Like, I, like, it was, like, circled on the calendar every day, that that year, that game. But, like, I have no idea where all of these Build-A-Bears went. Build-A-Bears went. So we're going to finish it off with some trivia. I've uh, split the, two, the guys up into two teams. Both teams will have five questions each, with which are worth ten points. If one team were to get it wrong, the other team has a chance to steal for five points. Okay, the losing team, the two hosts on the losing team, will have to leave the show forever. So we have a lot <laughs> on stake right now. I accept my loss. Whew. Team <laughs> Lucas and Jared, and Team oh, yeah. Aiden and Bart are the two teams. Make sure you keep track of that. I'm going to start with Team Lucas and Jared. Okay. How many current NBA players rank in the top ten of the th- of the major categories? Like rebounding, sports, assists, things like that. Of all time? Yeah, of all time. How many players are currently playing in the NBA that are on that one of those lists? Okay. Oh, Let's think about this. LeBron is one. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's on like rebounds or assists, some random person. Yeah, but who? Like Andre Drummond? Talk it through. Talk it through. Andre Drummond. Um, okay, LeBron. Yeah. Who are some other like goats that are still playing? Um, Is like KD up there? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. He got. He's got to be on like steals or assists or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you think Russell is somewhere? He might be. We're this is total points, right? Let's just let's just guess three. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Three? We'll guess three. Yes. Three is the correct answer. There are three oh, current woo! NBA players that rank in the top ten. You were close. It was LeBron James, who had, of course, scoring in assists. Chris Paul, who's mm-hmm. top ten in assists. And Dwight Howard is actually in the top oh. ten for rebounds. Oh, nice. Which Dang, I forgot where Dwight Howard me. ranked. But, yeah, he was on there. And I, when I was initially doing this, I was like, oh, I bet you it's Andre Drummond because he records – a crazy amount, but he also I don't think has been in the league long enough to get into a top ten list. So, yeah, yeah. Dwight Howard, uh, team Aiden and Bart. I'm sorry, you guys have a harder question. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> all right. Well, uh, at least you can be objective about it. Uh, I just wrote him out. So, when was the last time a kicker won the NFL MVP? What year? And I'll, I'll give you. I will give you a five year window. Okay. When was um, the last time a kicker won NFL MVP? So it has last happened. Yeah, no. It has happened. <laughs> okay, it's got to uh, be like at least 60 years ago, correct? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, when so, did the NFL start? <laughs> oh, no, you got to come up with that your own, on your own. <laughs> Here, was, I'll give you a hint when the NFL that. started. 1920. August 20th, 1920. In the 30s, Bart, maybe? I, I, I'm down, so should we just say 35 to, to, to yeah, go to the 30s? That's, yeah, that's <laughs> good. Okay. Is 35 your final, final answer? answer? Yes. yes. Way off. It is not 35. <laughs> Jared, can I take a guess at this one? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say 1973. 1973. Uh, also wrong, actually. It's far more recent than you would imagine. It was 1982. What? Wait, what? It was wow. Mark Mos- Mosley, Mosley, something like that. 
Uh, he won it in 1982. He was strictly a kicker, and I believe it was a shortened season, which is why he won it. In Interesting. 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 I had no idea. There was another one where like it was a quarterback what? and a kicker, but. Okay. Very interesting. Dang. I'm flabbergasted. Very interesting. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next question, Jared and Lucas. How many fist fights happened in the NHL in the 2018 and 2019 season? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do we get I a was range? Watching, yeah, I you get like a, a video on this. I'll give you. I will also give you. I'll give you a 10 fight window. Whoa. Okay. Maybe not. I watched a <laughs> video on, on like how like fights are really declining in the NHL recently, and I think it's pretty. It's like maybe like what? two or three hundred. Yeah, like I don't know. Oh my gosh. I've I've no. I, I think it's like slowish. I don't. I don't even know. Two forty. Do you want to just guess like two forty? <laughs> yeah. Let's Does say that 240. sound good? Two forty sounds good to 240? me. That seems like a lot though. Two two hundred forty. How many games do they play? 80, they do each they play, play 82? 82? Yeah. Yeah. So like that's... Let's say 240. 240, knows, your final yeah. answer? Yeah. All right. That is wrong. 240 is not correct. Bart and Aiden. Okay. I think it's obviously 184. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I think it's lower than... <laughs> it's lo- I think it's lower, Bart. What do you think? I, I just... I have no idea because I don't really watch the NHL like that. Um, Are you from how Minnesota? What... I know. I should be in your blood. <laughs> and I was born in Canada. I know. I know. Um, what were the seasons, Wyatt? The 2018-2019 season. There's no recording oh, okay. of the just, of this current the season. It was just last year. Yeah, I mean, okay. So hold on. If there are 82 games per team, how many total games yeah. are there a season? Let's just let's just do the math. Times 15. 82 times 15. Just like I don't know. Uh, like a, one and a half thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I think more. Oh, oh. wait. That time, oh. yeah, time, time is. All right. Oh, we did the time ring. Oh, okay. Um, you let's can throw out a number. A hundred twelve. You cool with that part? <laughs> um. I mean, yes, sure. Okay. Well, Team Jared and Lucas are way closer. You're actually. It was 224. Was oh, oh was in geez, fact, which close. is in fact, it is in fact wow. a record low. That's pretty good. It's a the lowest the number had been. Um, it has been declining. The record high, or not the record high, but ten years ago, the amount of fights in the league was 669. So <laughs> think about that. Wow. What happened? No points for that one. So right now, currently, Team Lucas and Jared have 10 points, and Team Aiden and Bart have none. But they're not out of it. Sorry, Bart. Uh, I team mean, Aiden, <laughs> team Aiden and Bart. How many hole in ones does Tiger Wood have? Tiger Woods have for his career. Yep. Range. Three. No range. Three. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's low. Um. After my, you know, discussion and, and heartfelt uh, love of golf. <laughs> it's going to come I'm back sure. to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even know. Um, Just think, think logically. Under 10? I don't think so. Probably it's, around that. Right? Maybe like I, six. Yeah, that sounds. I like six. Yeah. I mean, dude, it could be like, oh, man, holes in one, hole in ones are really hard. 
Yeah. Uh, like I could see it being like two. <laughs> Let's do five then. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's low. All right. Uh, yeah. Five is cool with me. Five. Final answer. Five is wrong. Five is wrong. Jared, I think Jared, I think it might be zero. Okay. I, I could try it I out. I could see that being impossible. <laughs> try it out, Easton. Zero. Zero. Just give it a run. Mute that for me. Give it a whirl. All right. Well, I'm just gonna mess around and say zero. Ooh, sorry, that's no good. Seventeen is the correct answer. Oh wow. Oh no, excuse oh, me, excuse wow. me, excuse me. Twenty. That is high. Twenty what? is the correct answer. I was thinking the that's three crazy. or three window. It's twenty hole in one. What? Well, that's okay. really yeah. impressive. Now that's that impressive. So says Google when I looked that up. <laughs> he is, he is <laughs> twenty. I was trying to look at how many Phil Mickelson have. I was gonna have that be another question, but there wasn't like a solid answer. It was kind of just like his um. God, it was one of the just the PGA tournament things. One of those. Wyatt, just the, like ten que- all ten questions are like who is like how many hole in ones does blank have? Like, yeah. Can see it, <laughs> yeah. Like, We're just going through it. <laughs> so no points no points awarded that round. Third question for Team Lucas and Jared. Uh who is the all time leading scorer for the seventy sixers? Okay. Don't call yourself a six. Could it be fan. Wilt? There are four possible answers. It's either Wilt, Dr. J, Moses Malone, or AI. Oh. Like it could on, be Wilt. The, on the Sixers, Wyatt? Like when playing on the Sixers, not just like yeah. Sixers players. I guess that was implied. Okay. I think it's probably AI, because Wilt didn't play for them his whole career. Dr. J didn't play for them his whole career. And Moses Malone didn't play for them his whole career. All right. So I think, but AI did in his prime. So I'm going to say AI. Ooh, not the correct answer, actually. It is I not blew AI. It on my own team. On your own team. Chance to steal. Get some points on the board. Shoot. <clears throat> Who do you th- Clyde Bart? My, I like, I don't know. My first thought was Moses Malone. Um, oh. Uh, How long I, was Moses Malone on them? Uh, <laughs> that's a question for Lucas. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. Um, I mean, what do you? Yeah, I'm fine with Moses Malone. Yeah, he scored a ton of points. I mean, because okay, hold on. I think I was literally looking at Wilt's teams like just the other day. I think he was only on them for like five yeah, years or so. I feel like it so wasn't long enough. It, yeah, I don't think um, he would have beaten AI. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Could I'm it be somebody that. that Lucas didn't even think of? Oh, that would be funny. Never gonna miss it. Yeah, but it's fine. Elton okay. Brand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, Moses Malone, final answer. Mm, no points still. The correct answer is Hal Greer. There it is. Oh. 21,586 points. Second place, Allen Iverson. So the guess was not far off. However, okay. it's, uh, yeah, it's not correct. Yeah, I... Hal Greer. Well, his, photo, he, he's a Hal... his photo is in black and white. So it's uh... a... Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, he um, I've seen his 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 like retired number hangs from the rafters. Yeah, that's the extent. He's a Hall of Famer. Career, yeah, but... I see. yeah. Let's see if we get some points on the board here, boys. Mm-hmm. Aiden and Bart. Uh, three three year window on this one. Okay, how old is Madison Square Garden? I should be the expert on this. You should be the expert. Now it's Aiden's turn to get embarrassed by his own yeah, city. I know, I know. <laughs> um, old? 
Sixties? <laughs> even older? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say like fifties or sixties in my mind. Maybe even forties. You have a three year Let's say fifties. Let's say fifties. Um, okay. Pick year in the fifties. Fifty four. <laughs> uh, I I personally love that year. So I love that. That's one of my favorites. Okay, I was nineteen fifty four. Final answer. Well, it's not nineteen fifty four. It just it's fifty four years old, is what it is. Oh shoot. Which is what it. But Wait. I'm gonna give it to you because actually the correct answer is it's fifty two years old. So I'm gonna give you the correct answer for that one. Wait, but they said a I don't year, know if we deserve a, it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you deserve it. I was going to give it to him so we got some points on the board, and that way maybe we have... I know. Thank you, Wyatt, but I don't think we it's, deserve it. It's close. That. It's 10-0. <laughs> it's still close. I know it's close, but they haven't got a single one right yet. <laughs> I, I think that's a zero-pointer. Okay, fine. So yeah, zero-pointer. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay You also stole us our chance to steal, so... <laughs> oh, that is yeah. true. I was just going to give it to him. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you were thinking, Jared. I thought it was older than that, but I was... What were yeah, you I guys was wrong? Like or something. Yeah, way off. I was, apparently, yeah. I'm, I'm reading it now. There have been like a lot of iterations of Madison Square Garden, but like the current one is... Yeah. Oh. Dang. Okay. okay. Oh, all right. Well. Lucas and Jared, who is the all-time sports... Excuse me. Who is the all-time leader of points scored off the bench in the NBA? Oh. Hmm. My first thought's Manu Ginobili. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know, though. It could be a lot of other people. Did Bill Walton? Do you know anything about Bill Walton? Yeah. He's sixth man of the year on that Celtics team. (laughs) That's all I know. Yeah, but he played for the Blazers, and he started, I think, when he was on the Blazers. To the championship. Five seconds. Just say Manu Ginobili. Hmm. Manu Ginobili, final answer. Final answer is incorrect. It is not Manu yeah. Ginobili. Teammate and Bart, chance to get on the board here. Yeah, that was my uh, guess. So. <laughs> how do you, I don't know. I think it might be Jamal Crawford, actually. Oh. It could, um, he played a long time. I'm yeah, trying I'm to cool think. Ah, oh, <sighs> man. Who were the, who were the studs? Like, I... Like the sixth man, I feel like wasn't even really like a relevant role. No, agreed. I think it's kind of a more more recent, yeah, that it's like a prized kind of thing. Yeah, I'm fine with Jamal Crawford. Okay, he like he's been around, he was around forever. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's our answer. It's also not correct. Jeez, it is still ten zero. The correct answer is Lou Williams. Far more recent, you oh. believe it is Lou Will. I, was, I, was, uh, I thought he was too. Yeah, I thought. Uh, no, like, scored a lot of the points. Same, they're like, the same so person in my mind. Wait, Manu Ginobili? Really? That's yeah, no, that's actually, and I think the second place person is Del Curry. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, okay. Oh. Okay. Wow. Way off. Okay. Aiden and Bart still okay. a chance to get on the board here. Okay. Is this the fourth Don't, question? Do not let me down. Your fourth question: okay. How many times is Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? Played each other, not including the golf. Just strictly <laughs> on the football field. How many total games against each other? Counting playoffs? Yeah. How many times a they played each times. other? Um, oh, man. What's the range? There must be a range on this. Three. Okay. What? So, it's probably, it's like, maybe like somewhere around, it's between 10 and 20, right? Like, does that seem reasonable? I, maybe I would less. Think, I would oh, think could be less. Hmm. Mm. Oh, I guess could. Mm. 
Yeah, shoot. I guess around 20. Because they weren't in the same division. I don't know that they... How many times would they have played in the, in the regular season? How many regular uh, season years did they overlap in the first place? Like 13, 14? Yeah, um, 10 seconds. Or like, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's... Okay, the NFL regular season schedule rotates. I think you'd play the same team about like once every four years, let's say, if they're out of con- out of division. So, so regular season, they probably played each other like five times. Sure. Times. And then it's probably more than playoffs, actually, than in the regular season. Um, Need like an answer. Six, maybe six times. So like 10, 11. Okay. All right. Let's, yeah, let's what go with you? 11. Oh, guys, I was counting. I was counting. I was rooting for you. 11 is not correct, actually. Jared. Lucas, chance to steal. First steal of the game. Um, it's got to be higher if the range is three. So it's, it's got to be like 14 or 15. Yeah, I feel like that's right. Yeah, let's go 15. 15. Mm, final correct. It is, it is 17 is the correct answer. Woo! Okay. Five points. Team Lucas and Jared, 15. Right. Aiden and Bart. I can't believe you guys, went, you guys were like, oh, it's maybe 20. And I was like, oh, this is their chance. They're going to get this one. And uh, then you went with six, or and then you kind of talk yourself back down to the bottom. Disappointed, uh, guys. How many times did <laughs> they play each other in the playoffs out of that? Da, da, da. Brady led the Patriots for nine Super Bowls and one record six times. Um, I think they played each other like nine times in the Super Bowl. I, I Not in the Super Bowl, that. but in the playoffs, something like that. They played each other a lot yeah. in the playoffs. I think it's like most, pretty much half of it. Um, Lucas and Jared, final question. Make it count. You have 15 points right now. What two schools have the most Heisman Trophy winners? Notre Dame and Alabama, Alabama, right? No, 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 no. It's USC. No, is it Alabama? I think Alabama doesn't have as many as you think. I think it's Notre Dame and USC. Because they, no, yeah, because they both had seven and then Reggie Bush vacated one. So Notre Dame still has the most. I'm almost positive it's Notre Dame USC. Okay, final answer. Notre Dame USC. Your final answer is not correct. Is it not? It is not. It is not correct. Uh, So now we have a chance for a steal, which could put them in place to tie or win this game. Aiden and Bart, please, please, please (laughs) think this one through. I mean, I'm crestfallen. I still can't. It's definitely Notre Dame, though, right? Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay, so like Let's, Michigan, maybe. I mean, Donna's a possibility. I, I mean, oh, Army also. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe one of those random. Yeah. Minnesota also used to have some like really good teams, like in like the forties and fifties. I don't even know. I mean, yeah, they're probably not in the top two though. But like, I don't hate Five Alabama seconds. either. Uh, uh sure. Yeah. What? N- N- Notre Dame, Bama. <laughs> Lock it in. Sure. Yes, uh, we're yeah. locking. Oh, you looked it up and you know we're wrong. That's why you're saying that. <laughs> Damn it. It's um, not Bama. Yeah, we're locked. Is it? It's Michigan? not. It's not Bama. Notre Dame was correct, so I kind of thought you guys were gonna get that. But the next answer is Ohio State. Uh, really? Yeah. A good answer. What? Uh, yeah, I know that makes sense. I kind of thought that one was a little bit more obvious. I know there's a lot of schools and like there's a lot of historic schools, but I thought Ohio State, especially. In the last couple of years, have done a really good job of of getting a Heisman. But they haven't yeah. they haven't had a Heisman winner in the last couple of years, have they? 
I just think like their sheer dominance and how terrible USC has been. You kind of just like forget about them. Yeah, USC does have six to seven, but there's Ohio State just also has seven. <clears throat> Team Aiden and Bart. So. This better. I feel like this has to be the for, easy for, answer on for the, the entire pride. board here. What is the yellow sign the Fighting Irish football players hit before running onto the field? Wait, could you say that one more time? What is the what? yellow sign the Fighting Irish football players hit before running onto the field? I'm what insulted. does it say? <laughs> <laughs> True or false? This was the question earlier today. <laughs> we're we're going to yeah, we're going to not answer this out of yeah, out of pure I don't pride. Know. Yeah, no. I can't. I don't I actually. Don't, I don't, like I'm not even lying. I don't even remember. Play like a champion today. <laughs> oh, there we yes. go. We got 10 points on the board for Team Aiden and Bart. So, final score, Lucas and Jared, 15. Uh, Aiden and Bart, 10. Because I stole all right. it. Oh. I have a tiebreaker. If you want to just play the tiebreaker real quick. <laughs> no, but we're ahead. No, we're ahead. No, I mean, yeah, it doesn't count. Like... We're, it doesn't count. But I have a final question that I prepared that I think okay. that Aiden would have an edge at. Okay? Okay. What is oh, the current God. price of Tom Brady's New England home? <laughs> Re- rental, rental. He's this, renting yeah. it. He's renting it though. So is it rental no, price? What, it was, what is buying? listed for sale? Okay. Not rented. I have, a, I have a guess. <laughs> I don't even remember what Stafford's was. We were just talking about. Can that. I guess? Stafford's yeah, you can guess. Six point five, I think. Twenty-three million. I was gonna say twenty. I think. I think. I think it's lower. I'm gonna say. Yeah, probably like. I'm gonna say nine. I'm gonna say it's eight. Yeah. It's thirty-four. Oh, 34 gosh, mil. Wow. They built it themselves. <laughs> so uh, isn't it Derek? Isn't it Derek Jeter? Doesn't he own it? I think he lives. That's in what it. I thought I read. Something like that, right? Anyway, that's crazy. Aiden and Bart lost, so this mess. is the last time they'll be on the show. Um, wish him, yeah. wish him farewell. It was nice it was knowing you. Yeah. Bart, take us home. Dude. Final words. Yeah. Yes. Thank Actual you for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah. This is the last time you'll be hearing my voice, so please make it count. Thank you for listening, as always. Uh, please do engage with us on our socials. We love hearing your thoughts. Respond to our polls. Um, you know, quote tweet us and tell us that we're idiots. Whatever, whatever works. Um, thank you for listening. Share, share the reviews and spread the spread the the news to other people if you like us. Thank you very much, and we will see you all. Well, <clears throat> Lucas, White, and Jared will see you all next week. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun, guys. That'll be good. Yeah.